0: Back with you with another episode here of the Sports Q at CG, joined by Mike G. Once again, three great topics coming at you. Hopefully you're having a lovely evening. Mr. Mike, how you doing, my brother? Oh,
1: just slugging through the muck down here in Houston, Texas, man. How's it
0: going? I'm I'm, I'm rocking my Houston uh, Houston Astros t-shirt right now. Look at us both. Look at us both. They can't see us right now, but both of us rocking our Astros gear. Look at us reunited, and it feels so good. Hey, we're going to talk about three great topics. Don't forget to uh, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button wherever you guys listen to us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, join the conversation. You can always tweet at us and uh, comment back and forth, but let's get into some EPL, my friend. What do you think about that, Mike?
1: Yeah, it's a topic I always always like to delve into when given the opportunity. I mean, I I think for this season, Chris, you're going to have to declare an allegiance to a squad at this point. We're one weekend and, Follow said squad throughout the rest of the campaign, taking us all the way to May. Um, You're going to have to have some insightful commentary on that team and be up to speed on all the developments. So it's time to make that choice now. You got to choose wisely. And So
0: after this conversation, I will decide on who that team is going to end up being. Uh, I will say that uh, there's a couple questions I have about this whole process and the tables and how things work. So there's how many teams? There's 20 teams that are
1: allowed in, right? In the English Premier League, yes, there are 20 teams. And the worst team gets kicked out at the end of the year? The worst three teams get relegated. That's the official term, but yes, they will be removed from the English premier league and they will play what's called the English championship league, which is the tier below financial
0: ramifications from getting dropped from EPL to the championship.
1: Oh man, I would have to, I would have to look at the TV numbers, but it's gotta be, I mean, I remember a few years ago it was just the, the, the share of the TV money at that time it was close to, to 40 million pounds, so north of 50 million, well north of $50 million. So if you get dropped from the Premier League, you are, in essence, you, you're losing a massive paycheck. I mean, I, that, that particular contract becomes more lucrative every single year um it has huge ramifications you don't want to be relegated to make a long story short
0: and then when you take a look at the last five does it have any significance as far as how a team is playing is it hot streaks Uh, it seems like last five is always pointed out in the standings whether you see win loss or draw uh, how important is taking a look at those five basically last five performances
1: i mean yes i mean your recent form Means quite a bit, obviously, on the gambling ledger side. uh, Recent form is always important. Um, You know, you can't read into it. I mean, teams go through spurts and they go through hot streaks. The season is so long. I mean, you got to think. We just started here, basically, in early August, and the season will not end until the middle of May. I mean, that—that's. I mean, you're playing 38 matches, and then plus league cup, uh, plus some of the teams will be playing Champions League or, or the, the uefa cup and then uh yeah it's it's, it's a lot of matches the season is a grind i mean you have to have depth to win the league so last five is important but is it super critical no
0: okay so then we're taking a look at some of these teams arsenal down at the bottom man city down towards the bottom but they had a loss so that's why Are there teams that you think are in trouble before we get into some quick previews on what's going to happen next week? But are there some teams that there could be some red flags this season, some warning signs that they could be on a decline?
1: I I would say the team, to me, that is the most vulnerable of having a fall outside the top four would be be Liverpool. Um, Though their attack is stacked, they look awesome against Norwich. I mean, Norwich is not exactly a formidable foe. They're, they're newly promoted from the championship have you know, bouncing between the league a couple times. times. Uh, it's just their defense can be shaky without Van Dyke and they, I, I, I could see them finishing outside the top four, which would be a catastrophe for them. Uh, that's, that's one team I see sliding.
0: Who could be the upstart team? Is there an upstart team that you see uh, coming to the picture uh, and, and surprising everyone and, and possibly making a run at this?
1: Well, I, don't, I, I think Man City's got it in the bag, to be honest. I, I don't think anybody makes a run at them. Uh, their roster's so dominant. The, the, their resources are unlimited. I mean, they're, they're built to win the EPL. Uh, and they'll falter in the Champions League, but, I mean, they're an EPL juggernaut. I guess if you're going to say a a dark horse for the title and that's, you know, anybody in the top eight, man, best story of all time. Leicester City, you know, Leicester City seems to have that magic sometimes. Maybe they could put it together. They have a solid squad. Uh, Their midfielders are healthy. Uh, They have talent. They they have some depth. Maybe they can put it together. They did it before Uh, the biggest, biggest, fantastic long odds run in, in the history of sport.
0: Let's take a look at some of the matchups that you saw last week. What stood out to you as far as who were some of your winners, who were some of your losers, uh, and what we're looking forward to next week, but we'll get into that. But talk about last week and uh, some of the first matches.
1: Well, I already already went into the Liverpool situation. So two games that – two teams that I like sitting in the top three, and I've already revealed my winner to you, Chris, are Chelsea, who won – 3 nothing in the London Derby against Crystal Palace, a shellacking over there out there in West London. And Man U, thumping Leeds, who Leeds, for me, ha, has potential to get in the top eight, top seven, getting thumped. And, and Man U, I think they're, they're my team to get third place this season. So I was very impressed with that. Obviously, <clears throat> the biggest... Biggest upset of the week, no doubt, is Man City losing to Tottenham as I've been pumping them up as the greatest thing since sliced bread that was invented in 1928. Um, But, you know, at at this point, that's those are my biggest takes from week one. You got any? Did you catch any of the matches? Did you catch any of the highlights? Anything? <laughs> you know, I
0: didn't catch much. I got to be honest. It's a busy time for me right now as we're getting ready for some, uh, some local stuff here in the Philly area. But uh, I will say that I, uh, names jump out to you. Certain brands do jump off the page. So you take a look at Manchester United. It seems like it's, it's win or go home for them. That There is no acceptable second, third, fourth place finish. It seems like you got to win. Um, I think that there's some certain teams that are always consistent. Uh, Chelsea is one of those teams that seems to be talked about pretty often. That's a pretty big rivalry, I think, when they, when they face against uh, some other teams. Uh, goals against, you take a look at, it's a, Man United, what, what happened there? I mean, 5-1, to one, they really put it on them. How does one guy, what, what, when one guy scores three goals in one game, what, what, what does that mean? I mean, is that is that that's got to be tough to achieve, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously rarer than a hat trick in hockey, but you got to think about the same way. It's a hat trick. I mean, it is a completely dominant performance that is rarely replicated at at the highest leagues. You you don't see guys just start balling hat tricks. I mean, it's not something it's something to be relished when you see it. So
0: Bruno Fernandez, is he going to be the top goal scorer there in the uh, EPL? Will he be near the top, or was this kind of a fluky thing one time?
1: Uh, I mean, will he be one of the top 10 goal scorers in the league? Yeah, will he be he one of the top assist guys? I mean, he's one of, if you go by advanced metrics, all that, uh, he, he's one of, he's easily one of the top 10 players in the league. He might be the top five. I mean, his potential is very good. Uh, the reason you don't hear about him as much in international play is because his teammate is Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's the star of the team, and they don't really play well together. Um, th- th- that's what the rumor is. So uh, that's why he's maybe not. him. Mean, he's a Portuguese international. He's obviously very gifted. Um, you know, that's a good question, who's going to be the leading scorer. I mean, before it was... You know, man, Harry Kane, you could look at. Um, it's, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it that much. Who's going to win the golden boot? Nor have I looked at the odds. That's something I need to do, Chris. <laughs> I do need to look at that. But you know who was really disappointing for me in this whole thing, talking about the EPL, was Arsenal. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's my team there. I, I've liked them for at least since my college days. Uh, you know, historically players like Thierry Henry, uh, you know, even your rudimentary knowledge of the sport, you've heard of this guy, you know, I mean, he was a stud French international world cup champion in 98 Euro cup champion, longtime arsenal, the leading goal scorer on the only team in EPL history called the invincibles. They did not lose a game. Um, I mean, just a phenomenal, phenomenal squad. I mean for them to drop <laughs> the first game of the entire EPL campaign for any team 2-0 to Brentford which Brentford is also you know a London team that they're, they're like far west London I believe is quite embarrassing and look for them you're talking about Chelsea Chelsea's going to thump them in this week to segue into that Chelsea's probably it's going to be probably a two another 2-0 game and then I believe they have Man City after that so they can come out three no points sitting in the relegation zone as a top 10 world football gross revenue club
0: and that's gonna be uh, what does it mean though because your passionate fan base is going to continue to follow you no matter what right they're going to go right through all the wins and the losses if you're really really down though what's the penalty is it firing the manager is it you know getting rid of the players do you, do you tear the team apart like they do sometimes in, in baseball, like we saw with the Chicago Cubs, just completely you know, tearing it, tearing it down and, and got to rebuild? Is it that type of situation?
1: You could do that in world football. Um, you'll see a mass sale of players in that situation. I, I mean, I don't think Arsenal's headed for something. They are trying to unload several of their star players. Uh, th- that's part of the problem. Their roster that started their first game – had a player that had never played in the English Premier League before as a striker starting for Arsenal, first game of the season. That's a little suspect. Um, a lot of it will impact your, your acquisition costs, the funds that you have available to acquire new players, which that's a big complaint with the Arsenal Football Club is that they're owned by, you know, Silent Stan Kroenke. You know him very well. Have LA Rams... Uh, what Colorado Rapids? What's the other team he owns? I think he, I think he might own the Avalanche. But anyways, uh, he owns, he owns the Arsenal Football Club, and they stick to a very tight budgetary scheme, and they don't splurge outside their budget, despite you know having a lot of revenue, a lot of interest around the world in the club. So it's kind of a sad situation. But yeah, look for that on Sunday uh, for Chelsea to take that one.
0: Uh, fantasy wise, taking a look at some of your, your, your lineups and you get into EPL, are there some players that are standing out to you that, uh, have some juicy matchups out there, uh, that could possibly help you make a few bucks if you're playing some of your fantasy lineups.
1: Well, Chris, looking at it right there in that, that 9am central time, uh, DFS slate over there, uh, Saturday morning world football, you gotta take a look at anybody that's in the strike force for man city. Uh, Raheem Sterling if they put Phil Foden in uh, Jack Grealish any anybody in that group uh, whoever's taking free kicks coupled with Sterling and whoever they got up top that's probably going to pay I I could see them they're going to bounce back with some vigor after losing that first one and they're going to pound Norwich I I I I don't know what the over under is on the goals. I would take the over. It's going to be a four nil beat down and they're going to reassert and write the ship. Uh, anything in that, I, w- I would go in that direction. If there's another team that's a little more contrary and that's a little more captain obvious. And a lot of times in DFS, you basically, you know, you want to zig when they're zagging, um, you know, Look Look for leads to bounce back a little bit after being embarrassed against Everton. Uh, that, that could be some sneaky matchups and a lot of their players are typically guys that get a lot of points because of Marcelo Belsa's, you know, real man marking system. There's a lot of free flow. The players can get forward and create a little more, which the creation stats uh, greatly help. in in DFS. You heard it. You heard it from the man. He knows his stuff, especially when it comes to EPL. I know nothing
0: about it, but I am gonna pick my team, my squad that I'm gonna follow all year. I'm gonna have to learn all about. I'm gonna bring the knowledge. Manchester United.
1: (laughs) Well, the Yankees, the Yankees of world football from a Yankees fan. I mean Uh, that's utterly shocking that you would pick Man U to be your team. At least it's a good team. Total front runner. Do you do you know? Do you at least know what their nickname is? The
0: Red Devils. I do know that.
1: Okay, good, good. Okay, (laughs) we're at least starting somewhere.
0: Sir Alex Ferguson. I remember him. Okay. Wayne Rooney, I, I got I got a little bit of that action. We'll talk more about EPL. We're going to follow my team, Man United. Uh, we're going to follow Mike's team, Arsenal. I'm thinking they're going to be at the bottom. I'll be at the top. We'll see what happens. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Moving right into another topic here as we get into NFL football. Preseason in full swing, Mike. And uh, plenty of teams with some questions to answer. Games are underway. You're not going to see the starters play very much. The preseason as a fan, we'll talk about that. But a big cut happened today, uh, and people are making fun of it and talking about it. And said so they saw this coming. Uh, who was released today that that made headlines in the NFL?
1: The myth, the man, the legend, Tim Tebow. Uh- Guy that enjoyed a segment here when we talked about all the creative ways that Urban Meyer was going to use him as the, the goal goal line weapon of the 21st century, the guy that revolutionized college football. Uh, did you did you see that terrible block that he attempted to throw uh, that was went viral on Twitter? It's probably one of the few videos I watched this week, uh, this uh, yeah, this weekend of the preseason action outside the Texans and. Uh, I think you or myself could have made a better block there. Uh, he was not very interested in getting too businesslike with somebody. So it's probably best that he's stepping away from the game in grace to get into that
0: type of contact uh, at an NFL level from a blocking standpoint, it's a totally different experience than just uh, going out there and having the football and dropping your shoulder and and trying to knock into somebody. Uh, I think people were rooting for him. I think a lot of people were rooting against him. He's older now. He's not a young guy anymore, and he's played some baseball. Uh, He's tried different things. He's a commentator as well, so he's going to be okay as far as his career, where he's going to go. It's surprising, though. It is surprising to me. I, I even said i think he's a lock to make the team i just think from a team morale standpoint and firing up the team and and whatnot but he must have had a heart to heart with urban and they must have sat down and either looked at the tape and said you know this isn't working tim may have even gone in there and said this is not me you know i'm not i'm not a tight end and i'm not going to be able to to contribute and so if i'm not going to contribute let's do it the right way and just release me now he doesn't make it to the even the final cuts. You know, he gets cut pretty early, I, and I think it surprised people. There are some people dancing in the end zone, which, whatever. I mean, it's Tim Tebow. The guy has done plenty in his career and his life. So I don't think he's sitting somewhere crying and disappointed about it. He's going to go right back to his SEC comment commenting. But, uh, but hey, you know, maybe he tries another cup. Now, if he ends up trying out for another team or something, then then it was not – him sitting with urban and saying, I'm done.
1: Yeah, it's time for him to go. I mean, it's preseason football is just difficult to watch. I mean, it's almost like a tranquilizer. I mean, you have so many guys that literally have no hope of making the team. They're getting run. You like to see them. I mean, that's why we need the XFL to come back. We need, we need a different spring league where these guys can kind of showcase themselves because it's, it's difficult to get motivated to watch preseason football. It's a, it's a terrible product and they charge full price for the tickets. So it's, it's kind of a sham. I mean, I'm, I'm all for like two preseason games and up to 18 games. Sorry, players. Um, it's, it is what it is.
0: If you are an insider for the team and you really have to follow the team closely on a day-to-day basis, it's important. I think preseason is important because it creates the stories for you. You don't have to search for the story. You know, you got it. They're trying to sign this tight end or they need help on the line and they're you know, they're lo- taking a look at these two guys who are competing for a job. I, I do think that Hard Knocks, the series on HBO, has helped preseason to some extent uh, give you a little bit of insight in some of that behind-the-scenes action and following a team very closely. Uh, I haven't seen the one with the Dallas Cowboys yet but i assume it's pretty good uh, i also assume that some of the tweets that you've seen from the Dallas Cowboys are because of the series and some of the the like the strange tweet tweet about Dak Prescott getting another mri what do you think of that as we get into some of this preseason talk what do you think of that whole situation
1: with that you know i saw that the, the hard knocks about it i mean i don't know it, it it's one of those where it seems like it's some kind of lat injury and that might be from inflammation or something from coming back too fast, too soon, you know, changing your throwing motion a little bit. He's coming off a, you know, a major ankle surgery. I mean, I don't know. It's a little bit scary, but I mean, if, if he can't deliver again, it's going to be uh, hot waters over there in the big D
0: well, guaranteed money. You sign the quarterback, he gets in the room. And now all of a sudden some of these injuries keep popping up and it, look, the ankle was a freak thing, but you start talking about MRIs and shoulders and, and some of these other things. I mean, Andrew Luck, who saw him going away? You know, Peyton Manning, his days were numbered when his body started breaking down. Dak is not he's not old. <laughs> he's still a young man. He's going to fight through these things, but it does signal some some things that, you know, What the best of it, the best uh, what, what what's the saying? Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh I'll get the saying here in just a second. But uh, outside of that story with the Cowboys, I'm going to find that uh, what I was going to say. It, the, it, the the other storylines that are pretty interesting is that there's always the second or third string quarterback that'll start lighting people up. And all of a sudden teams start thinking this could be their guy. Carolina really comes to mind. You talk about the XFL and PJ Walker, but they're playing against guys that are probably at the same level. It's the first string the gap from first string to second or third string in the NFL is significant.
1: Well, especially third string. I mean, that, that, that's the thing. Like your rotational guys, like they're all pretty dang good. Um, but yeah, when you start to get lower down the depth chart, you know, I mean, Hey, the Cowboys, they lose Dak. The Rosen one is available. Josh Rosen waved by the 49ers today. Has that guy had some luck or what? <laughs> I,
0: you know, I I will say that was a mystery. I thought he was going to be a decent NFL quarterback, but it just has not worked out. I think some of it's situational, but he just hasn't performed.
1: Yeah, he's had such bad luck with his roster movement, and his coaching, and all that. You kind of hope he gets one more chance somewhere. Um, the best yeah.
0: ability, the best ability is availability. That's what it was. that's the saying that's the saying i was looking for i will say this too it's kind of a weird stat and it probably doesn't even make sense but i tend to think that the teams that lose more in preseason end up being the really quality teams and the teams that always go like three or four and oh in preseason are just terrible
1: oh yeah no i mean the Texans smoked the Packers. I mean, it was 26-7. to seven. And, like, not only they smoked them, they, they totally shut down the run, and then they crammed it down Green Bay's throat. Like, there, there's no scenario that in a meaningful game, even, even if Aaron Rodgers is not even playing, that that happens. I mean, they, they could put Brett Hundley out there. I don't even know who their backup is. Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, well, yeah, Jordan Love. But I don't know. They probably wouldn't let him play because Aaron Rodgers might get upset. <laughs> but... It's yeah. Jordan Love did look pretty good uh, when he when he did play. He actually made some throws. I will say that as somebody that witnessed the game, there there might be something there. Probably won't happen in Green Bay, but the guy has some ability. It's
0: oh clear. no, it's definitely going to happen in Green Bay. You said Rogers. We talked about it last time. The, the Rogers going to be gone, so that's his team. Once Rogers is gone, he's the guy.
1: Well, hey, you never know. Maybe they work some kind of deal. Signs for a few more years. Oh, the saga, boy. the drama never stops over there. Oh, boy.
0: Now Aaron Rodgers is staying. One week he's going, one week he's staying. Well, you know, you don't know. Right, that actually is what Aaron Rodgers has been doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, you don't know with him. You, it, it could change any day. I mean, you got the Deshaun Watson saga. I mean, it's can't even talk about that. That's uh interesting. He shows up and comes out for individual drills and then goes in. And, and the coaching staff has stated that, he's doing everything that they've asked him to do so i don't know several criminal complaints civil cases obviously uh it's a complete mess so we'll see how that all plays out do you think he gets traded we, we visited this topic I, I believe in the past so what, so what do you think happens because it's an ever-evolving situation
0: so his trade value is at the bottom this is as low as it can be right now because you just don't know what the situation is going to end up being with him but if there if there's any inkling that he's going to be okay on some of these legal issues, then teams will trade several first round picks for him. As to which team that is, I have no idea. That that's the toughest part about it is I don't I don't know I don't know what franchise out there says okay, let's go ahead and go get him. Maybe one of the franchises that a rookie quarterback isn't working out that they may have put all their chips in and they're not too 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 fully invested in. It.
1: I'm sticking by my guns. I think at some point he gets put on the commissioner's exempt list with this. I mean, I don't know. You can't trade him, but at the same time, like you're just going to put him as your third string quarterback every week.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad one. I mean, it's just a bad one. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's <laughs> worthless. You're going to have cameras screen and scroll over to him pretty much every quarter. Now, there's Deshaun again. You know, there's Deshaun again just hanging out. But if he's available to play, and he's on your roster and he's not dealing with anything legal at the time. Why, if he's standing there in pads and gear, why is he not starting?
1: Well, I mean, he made demands to be traded and has said openly that he doesn't believe in the coaching staff and the organization and has had multiple issues. And then now has all these legal issues. I mean, he's wanted divorce and you know, it's, it's really the Easter bunny's fault. Jack Easterby over there, I mean, that, that classic Sports Illustrated article says it all right there. I just think he is tired of the culture and, and doesn't buy in and desperately wants out. Um, and I think these things were happening simultaneous with his you know escapades, with, with the Instagram masseuses, and the, the whole just strange year that 2020 was. It, um, but
0: if he's allowed to play, if he's on your roster – and he's in gear, on the field. You play him,
1: but he doesn't want to play for you. He, he said he, do? he doesn't what's want it? to play for you.
0: What's he going to go out there and do? Is he just going to throw the ball into the ground and fumble it all over the place and make him? It only makes him look bad. It doesn't make the team look bad.
1: I mean, you make the situation uncomfortable. You force their hand. I mean, that, that's probably going to happen at some point. It doesn't appear he's doing that now, but there's there's rumors that the FBI is investigating this. It's a complete mess.
0: But I'm just saying, if he is on the sideline and he is in full pads, if he's dressed and he's active and allowed to play, if you say, get in there, Deshaun, and go play, is he just going to stand with his hands in his pads and not go in the
1: game? It'll never get to that point. They will not let him do anything besides be the third quarterback. I can promise you that they will not put him in a situation where they could potentially damage his trade value by putting him out there when he's not really prepared, when he's had a very odd off season, did not participate in things, obviously battling many legal issues and, in a a, a pseudo media circus that's going on with the lawyers and who's all involved.
0: So every week they're just going to announce that he's out for the game.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like what they're doing now. Like, he goes out and he throws a little bit, and then he's done. Like, he doesn't re- he doesn't run team drills. He doesn't run plays. He just, like I said, he comes out, he throws a little bit, and that's it. One
0: more bold prediction. Will the Houston Texans be the worst team in the NFL this season?
1: Yes, they Ooh. will be. Ooh. Ooh. They will be. If they don't win that first game, they could be the first 0-17 team of all time. Wow. Really? Yes, they, they are bereft of talent. You heard
0: it here. That's rough. Wow. I feel for you. Preseason it gets exciting. Throttling the Packers to 0 17. It's incredible. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Join us here on the Sports Queue. Mike G, one more time. One more topic. College football is on it's 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 on the horizon. You can see it. It's just on deck. It's ready to ready to come in super t leagues and 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 power conferences and and trying to form these juggernauts. That's a big talk coming in. Uh, but the rankings have now come out. And a surprise at the top. Oh yes. Who who could have seen this coming? Who could have expected it? Who would you guess? would be at the number one spot in the polls. I'm going to give our audience a second to think about it. Who do you think is going to be number one as far as the college football rankings? The clock is ticking. If you guessed the Alabama Crimson Tide, you would have been correct. <laughs> Alabama Roll Tide Mike. We've seen this story time and time again. How is this possible?
1: Thanks, Captain Obvious. That's how it's possible. Uh yeah, I mean Nick Saban has just created the biggest juggernaut of all time. I mean, I, we could do a probably a two-hour podcast about how great Nick Saban is. Um, the guy's phenomenal, but I guess Bryce Young looks the part, and you know what little they have left, and all the five-star recruits that they've been getting every single year—it's they're going to be tough to beat. I. I I think they will ultimately be upset. It's hard to repeat, but do I agree with them being the number one team right out the gate? Yes, absolutely.
0: NIL deals, they're fully in place. They actually have a list of what some of these players are already doing as far as the money they're going to be making. So that's going to be an interesting side story. It really is going to be a, a story that you watch throughout the season because it's going to come into play at some point this season. That an NIL deal is going to be a problem during this. There's no plan, so so there's going to be. We talked about this on an earlier episode. There's going to be an issue, and it's going to be with a big team. I'm calling it.
1: You think somebody's going to get caught up in some overstepping I think, bounds of NIL? Sorry,
0: I think there's going to be an incident that will happen that will affect some NIL deals and also create a problem with the school.
1: Yeah, I I don't think this first year that it comes out that there's going to be any type of enforcement. It's going to be more of a situation where the schools are feeling it out, you know, like one. Right.
0: But what I'm saying is, is that these are college kids still. I'm saying that they they are the face of some certain brands now, not only the the brand of Alabama football. I'm just using them as an example. I'm not saying it's going to be an Alabama football player, but they're representing certain brands, national brands where they're getting paid. When you start to get paid by a sponsor, you have have to watch how you how you act how you present yourself what you do and also when injuries arise if if (laughs) if if the sponsor needs you on the field you know what i mean not just hanging out in the sideline so there's a lot of money that's going to be involved now and i think that there's going to be an issue that does arise during the season don't know with what team but i am calling it that something will happen during the season it's going to be a big big problem
1: yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, one, one real positive story that I saw here with this whole name, image, and likeness situation we have going on in college football is that the sponsors of BYU will pay full scholarships for all walk-ons that are on their team. That's pretty cool. That the sponsors will literally put together. Okay. This is how big your roster is. These are, these are your walk-ons. These are your practice players. You know, let's say they have a, you know, 115 or whatever that all those kids will get. will get scholarships. That, that That's a pretty cool deal. That's one all of the right. ones that I liked.
0: I'm on board with them. If they're using the money right, I'm on board with it. Okay. So let's talk about some of the rankings and some of the teams that you may be looking at uh, who could be in the mix. Oklahoma ranked number two. Yeah.
1: I guess I've heard all this, that the Oklahoma defense is improved and it's better, and Spencer Rattler will probably be the number one overall pick next year. I, I, I've heard it. I just don't buy it or believe it. I mean, Oklahoma has gotten throttled too many times in the college final four and, and then come out of just a habitually weak, you know, Big 12, soon to be castrated Big 12. I mean, I don't know what you want to call it, after 2025 when – when when OU and UT join the SEC, um, I think they're a little bit overranked there, Chris. Oklahoma sits at number two. Taking a
0: look at number three, we get into Clemson and Ohio State. They're going to be three and four. These are just the. I mean, this is getting lazy at this point. I mean, it's just the normal names that you. It's continue, It's the same exact names that you continue to see the top. You could be closing your eyes and tell me who the fifth team is,
1: and wouldn't even have to look at the list. But who's number five? Georgia Bulldogs are five and I'm okay with that pick to me. That's JT Daniels before he got hurt at USC was supposed to be a real special quarterback. He's down there. They're they're Georgia. They recruit. Well, they have talent, they have speed. Um, he could be that difference maker. He could really elevate the position. I mean, they're the only ones that I see pulling, Pulling the SEC crown out of Alabama's hands, I don't think anybody else has a chance.
0: Going further down the list, then Texas A&M, who was my surprise team, could be a good surprise actually this season um, because I think that they've got all the talent and ability Iowa State, you saw this coming, that they would be highly ranked again. Uh, they are kind of a middle-of-the-road team to me. Can they compete for a national championship? I don't know. Then Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Here's an interesting one, though. North Carolina sits at 10. Why is that happening?
1: Well, two reasons. Mac Brown and Sam Howell. Mac Brown, when he was at North Carolina the first time in the 90s, before he went over to University of Texas, was – I think they were in the top five at least once. Um, They were habitually and perpetually at that time, uh, they they were fighting to be in the top 10. I mean, they were a solid squad. Uh, That's his home state. He goes back there and elevates their recruiting, you know, he gets Sam Howell. He tears him away from Florida state who was recruiting well at that time. And, and he's developed to be a good quarterback. Uh, They lost a bunch of guys to the draft Uh, was Michael Carter uh, was one of their backs, uh, Williams. So they have a lot of, A lot of talent that needs to be replaced, but if you got the quarterback, that's half the battle. And they've been recruiting well, so we'll see. You know, Mac Brown keep it interesting.
0: Pac-12 gets in at 11. Oregon gets in there. Wisconsin. uh, Florida ends up being in the top 13. There's Miami, though, the team that you were talking about, sitting there at 14.
1: Yeah, Miami, Deer at King. You know, that's – if Miami's going to be back, it's going to be now. Um, It's – it's been a while since they've really pulled an upset. It it would, it would be nice for the ACC to get shooken up a little bit. I I just think Clemson, those overall too dominant Uh, for some of those other teams you ran down or, you know, Oregon to me, they're getting to the point where they're kind of classic underachievers now. Yeah. They recruit well, they have talent, they got the uniform thing going on. Phil Knight's pumping, you know, $350 million a year in the program or whatever the heck he's doing. And it's, it's, it's not producing too many, you know, final four college football playoff appearances. So we'll see. I, I do love Kate Don cave uh, as a outside edge rusher. That dude's going to be, he's going to be a top two or three pick. Um, excellent explosive off the ball edge player, Florida, you know, Emory Jones era comes emory jones slowly been getting snaps over the years you know he was behind kyle trask over there and they'd put him in for series and he could run he looked pretty good i saw him play live over there in the 2019 season um he definitely has some ability uh but you know losing kyle pitts you know losing some of their other guys you know it's gonna be a battle i mean the sec is always tough um
0: USC Trojans get out there at 15, 16 is a team that you know a little bit about. Is this a, is this a big bounce back year for the boys?
1: Well, the pollsters believe it. Uh, the Bayou Bengals are, are going to show a little more teeth this year than they did uh, what the worst National championship defense in seventy years or something like that, if I'm quoting <laughs> after last season. But you know, it didn't start off too good with Miles Brennan breaking his arm. But now, now it's all Max Johnson, Brad Johnson's son, gonna step up to the plate. They got X ex- super excellent outside corners. LSU is the true DBU when you got Derek Stingley Jr. and you got Eli Ricks on the outside. I mean, that's two guys that are going to be top 10 NFL draft picks, excellent cover corners can really shut it down. So I'm looking for improved play on the defense. I'm looking for more steadiness in the huddle and LSU could bounce back. I'm not expecting too much. Um, if they only lose three games, that would be a really good season. Uh, that would be a true bounce back. And, and the SEC is so stacked. I, I, I just don't see them beating Alabama and I see them losing a couple other games. I would have to go through the schedule line item, tell you which one, but that's kind of best case scenario. Sorry Tigers. All right, and then
0: outside of the top 16 as we talked about LSU, some of these teams that are towards the the uh, I should say second half. I'm not going to say the bottom of the top 25, but is there a team that's ranked too low? Is there a team that we should be looking at that they're going to be really in contention? I think the uh, you know, you start looking at some of these teams, uh, who who's too low? Who should be significantly higher?
1: I don't know if anybody should be significantly higher. Um, I guess we could maybe rephrase to say who has potential and could keep it interesting and be in that top 15 at the end. I think that's one way or top 10, um, you know, one, one team I would like that's sitting there on the last peg of the pole, Arizona state sun devil. I've liked what I've seen out of Jaden Daniels their quarterback coming up good dual threat guy has gotten better every year. Uh, I mean, their coaching staff is a bunch of NFL guys. I mean, it's, you know, they, you got Herm Edwards, uh, you got Antonio Pierce as their defensive coordinator. You just, you got this odd mix of, uh, of NFL guys coming together and they've been recruiting well and these guys are coached up and and, and the pack is a little bit soft. I mean, you pull an upset against USC, which is possible. USC chokes, you know that. Being from Southern California, they don't always live up to the hype. And now you got Arizona State, maybe taking on Oregon and the pack title and a lot of things on the line. So that's one that I could see maybe you know make taking that rocket ship up the standings.
0: I will take a look at Coastal Carolina. They're twenty-two. They're in a position really because they'll go undefeated. Based on their schedule, I mean, they're going to play pretty much the same schedule that they've been playing Uh, outside of some maybe tough road games that they play against some of these Georgia, the Southerns or or Buffaloes. If they go undefeated again, are they going to have enough room here at 22 to be able to move up and maybe just maybe
1: make some noise? It's possible. It's possible. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, I I, I think if I'm going to put a championship right now, I have to have somebody beating Alabama. Who would be that person? So just, where do you
0: want where do you want them to be beat though? You want them to be beat during the regular season because a game that really stands out to me is going to be October 9th when you talk about a Saturday game where they're at Texas A and M.
1: You honestly think that Alabama is going to lose that game to the Aggies?
0: I think on the road um, in a game like that, I could see it. I'd rather rather have them have a tougher game before. They're going to host Ole Miss the week before. But, yeah, actually, that that might work out because if they throttle Ole Miss at home, then I think that they're going to have a rough first half there against A&M on the road, and I think they could end up losing.
1: I think that is highly unlikely. The Aggies are one of the biggest historical choke artists of all time. I mean, their reputation as folding under moments of pressure is legendary. I mean, there's a reason that they were kind of the little brother of Texas for a long, long time. And I just don't see, I mean, even if Isaiah Spiller goes off, um, Kellen Mond is gone. I mean, he's finally, after like six years, it seems like starting at quarterback, he's finally in the league. So they're replacing a lot. I, I don't know. Like when, when you're looking, they're gonna choke. Alabama's gonna do it. I, the only way I see Alabama losing would be in the title game, and the only team that there's there's really may, maybe Georgia beats them in an SEC title game. I I couldn't see Georgia in any scenario ever beating them twice. Um, I maybe Ohio State, maybe Ohio State could pull it i mean it's it's hard to tell but they have some of the same issues replacing a lot of guys i don't know alabama's going to win again i just need to shut up <laughs>
0: From a future standpoint, Alabama not giving you any value. Um, maybe some teams that could give you a little bit of value, AM would be one of those teams. Iowa State looks like they'd be one of those teams.
1: Uh, Arizona State that's that's one I brought into the mix. LSU might be able to get you some value.
0: You really think LSU has a chance at the national championship?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But who is the biggest long shot that actually could have a chance? It's got to be AM.
1: I'm considering Georgia a long shot. Then I'll say Georgia. Georgia finally gets it done. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ever going to succeed. How about Notre Dame? 0% chance. Notre Dame is is fatigued at this point. People are fatigued of Notre Dame. Notre Dame just does not deliver. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Golden Domers. <laughs> Well, it remains to be seen. There's got
0: to be a game. If there's a game that we're going to pick where I come down and we meet in Baton Rouge one more time and go to a football game, which which game stands out? Oh, wow. Look at that. 11-27. What is that? Is that Thanksgiving? That's got to be Thanksgiving, right?
1: I got the schedule out here. Let's see here. Yeah, it's going to be – Oh, man. Oh, man.
0: How about the Louisiana Monroe game, 11-20? Oh
1: no, no, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> Texas A and M would be fun. You know what? You've been pumping up the Aggies so much, and since you actually lived here for a time, you can be their honorary fan, <laughs> and, and we can go to Baton Rouge and, and throw it down. And I promise you that LSU will walk away victorious
0: that's a that's thanksgiving though you may have things going on thanksgiving but
1: that's a saturday
0: like it is a saturday it is a I saturday. Mean, <laughs> I,
1: what I, I couldn't like drive up the morning of the game it's going to be a night game go to the yeah. game yeah. stay in the hotel come back yeah now that that, that play there that is. one's on the list a i mean you've been pumping them up on this podcast so it's time for you to put your butt in the seat and go see your team play and go A&M, A&M. for your Aggies and <laughs> hollow connect, connect, and start doing your chants and your thumbs and not walking on the grass. And
0: AM will have a number two ranking by that game, playing against the number uh, eight. In the country, LSU Tigers. That's a, it's a two-eight matchup by that point in the season.
1: Well, I, I think it's going to be, you know, Bishop takes Queen there. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be LSU moving up to two. Then after that game,
0: <laughs> can't wait to do it. We'll see what happens. That wraps up another episode here of the Sports Q. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow along and join us. Join the conversation. Get involved. For Mike G. CG Mike, closing thought before we get out of here.
1: Well, we, we have some underlying themes on this show. We'll have to give a shout out to one of our, our Polish Olympians, Maria Andrzejczyk, who donated her silver medal for auction to assist in a surgery, a life-saving surgery on an eight-month-old child who had a serious heart defect. There's some good people in this world still, Chris. We, we got to remind ourselves sometimes there's proof of it there.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. Really well done. The pride of Poland. I'm sure she is. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for joining us here on another episode of the sports queue. We are out of here.